welcome to Infinite Pixels, the podcast where two guys pick a video game and then talk about it. I'm Jordan, and uh, wow, you missed your cue. Hey, I'm Ryan. Uh, And today, we're talking about what game, Ryan? We're talking about Papers, Please. Yeah, the classic 2013 indie game. I remember when this game came out, uh, I never played it, but uh, before this... I can't believe it's been a decade since this game released. Yeah, I feel old. Yeah. I'm not. But, you know, I'm like, wow, okay. You feel old. I feel old. I remember getting this and being like, wow, my computer can play this. This game. This piece of shit. This is chugging my frame rate. Yeah. Did you play this when it first came out? I don't remember if I played it when it first came out or... If I played it, like, later, I don't remember. Hmm. Well, what was, uh, where do you want to start? Because there's a lot to talk about with this game. Let's start first just with the setup mm-hmm. or the background. <laughs> yeah, this game was made by, what's his name? Lucas Pope. Lucas Pope, who was a former, at the time, Naughty Dog. I guess he still is a former Naughty Dog uh, dev, right? Yeah. And uh, the game takes place in Soviet Russia, USSR, kind of that era of uh, of Russia or Europe. I mean, it doesn't literally take place in there, but it's very clearly inspired by that stuff. The game feels very, um, it feels very 80s. Uh, you know, it's sort of modeled it's after... literally in 1982. No, yeah, it, I was just going to say it takes place in 1982... It takes place in USSR, Soviet Russia, like the end of uh, the USSR transitioning uh, into... The Red Curtain Falling. Yeah, the Red Curtain Falling. Thank you. And it's not only does it feel very 80s in that sense, because those were obviously cultural touch points at the time, or really historic events, but it also feels 80s with its presentation. It's like an old Commodore 64 game kind of presentation. But sorry, you were talking about Lucas Pope. Yeah, uh, the game's kind of like his experiences, or he based it off of his experience with like uh, trying to immigrate between Japan and the U.S. because his wife is uh, Japanese. Interesting. So no, it's it's that was the first thing that struck me about the game was uh, just the idea of a game based on this concept. This is such a corner of humanity that I, I think isn't portrayed in media that often. You don't usually see a game about a border patrol agent, essentially, or a, a border document checker. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's one of the most unique games out there, for sure. Definitely. And uh, why did you choose for us to play it? Because, uh, one, it's really unique. There's nothing else like it. And then, uh, two, I do want to play um, Return of the Over Den, and that's also made by Lucas Pope. Oh, really? Same developer. Oh, no way! So. Wow, that's interesting because that game has a lot of information sifting through. You're doing like reading and looking at images of like it, I can see the gameplay evolution from Papers Please to Return of the Over Den. That's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this game, uh, you're right. There's nothing else like it. You know. Outside of the premise, uh, just a lot of really smart choices with presentation and audio and 
a really, really unconventional but very effective way of storytelling. Yeah, so what do you do in Papers, Please, Ryan? You play as a border inspector, basically. You work at a booth, and people come up to the booth, and they hand you their passport and their travel documents, and it's your job in the game world to overlook their documents and decide whether or not their documents are in order. And if they are, if you determine that based on the rules and the laws and the the sort of operating procedures that your character is allowed to work in, you can stamp them as approved to enter the country or stamp them as disapproved and reject them and send them back to where they came from. And the country that you work for is Arstotska or Arstotska. It's a fictional country. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, not, I'm sure there's no correct or incorrect way to really pronounce it. I don't know. But uh, yeah, that's basically the premise. It's basically um, East Germany, West Germany, because there's a... Right. Uh, it's on the border of these two regions, West Creston and East Creston. Mm-hmm. So it's it's literally uh, an allegory for the Red Curtain. Yeah, I, I think um, based on what I read and watched about the game and its development, it seems like uh, Lucas Pope was his yeah. name, went out of his way to not have any like overt political uh, connotation. Like obviously it's based on the fall of the Red Curtain. But it wasn't like this side is Russia, this side is you know Germany or whatever. It it seemed to try try to go. I mean, every, every country in the game is fictional. Uh, the the yeah. regimes and the people are obviously not based on any real life events or anything like that. Yeah, you can kind of tell that there's some allegories just in the way that the names are yeah um, spelled out. There's ones that feel like they're from Asian countries and ones that feel like they're from like Norwegian sure. or like Scandinavian. There's some influence. Yeah. So you're like, okay, like I, I, I think I understand that what these are trying to be uh, placement in, in place of, um, but uh, you describe the gameplay as just who do you want to reject? Who do you want to deny? Um, but the game is not just a and B. Um, uh, because if it was just, you know, ex- uh, ex- accept someone and deny someone, I feel like it would be kind of boring and it would kind of mm-hmm. get uh, rote after a while. You would be like, okay, like I'm just checking to make sure that, you know, there are no typos on this passport. I'm checking to make sure all these seals are all correct and whatnot. Do they have everything? And if you, you know, accepted them, then you'd be like, cool, you get a point if you're counting like a video game. But don't uh not just to jump in uh it doesn't the game say that you operate on commission where for every person that you see at the border you get money yeah i was i was going to describe that because there are some like goals that you as the inspector have to have you have a family you never see them mm-hmm. uh but the game is broken up into days uh and uh every day you walk to work uh, and then after a day, you, you know, you know, you walk home and, uh, the, uh, it'll show at the end of the day, like, Hey, you did this many passports. You're going to get paid this, uh, this amount. And, uh, you have to feed your family. You have to pay your rent for your apartment and you have to, uh, make sure that the heat is turned on. Right. Uh, and then there are also just some wrenches that get thrown in. Every so often, you know, Some you bills. might see like, hey, you know, your son got sick. Oh, you know, 
uh, this person uh, got like a stipend at their job, you know, this person's birthday is coming up. Do you want to be able to get them a present? And uh, so you're, you're making decisions every so often because, you know, uh, maybe you want to get your son his a box of crayons that he really mm -hmm. wants. Because wouldn't that be nice? But you're yeah. kind of struggling because you're like, well, every day uh, you go into the, into the booth um, and, you know, at the very beginning, it ha it's actually played pretty smart. The, like, booth lights up uh, and, the, and it just, like, flashes. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can look at all your papers right away. Like, you you just get this desk and it's, like, cluttered with different shit on yeah, it. Yeah, you can read. There's, like, updates from the government mm -hmm. saying, you uh, watch out for this. Or here's a new policy that you have to keep track of. Yeah. You have a rule book. And as the game progresses, you get other things. Like, eventually you can get a gun. You yeah. get a different kind of stamp. Uh, there's a ton of shit that's happening at this desk. Yeah. So, every day it's kind of like... Okay, if you once you hit the button, like the flashing sirens, you're going to start the day. But if you mm -hmm. want to just like take a moment and breathe and be like, okay, let me organize my desk a little bit. Let me, you know, see if I if I have any other new bulletins. You get like most wanted posters eventually. And yep. you're like, let me try to see if I can memorize those. You know, you could just slap everything on the desk and then you're like, all right, like, let me just figure it out. Uh, yeah, I'll, let's just I have get my into ar it. Ar ar arrangement. Mm -hmm. Um uh, and that's all really cool and also provides a uh, a sense of of urgency that you have a timer mm -hmm. because there actually is like a hidden uh, um, there are a hidden amount of people that you have to get so you know there's like eight people in line automatically that you have to read but then like anybody after that like the timer's still going so if you get more right you know because the game does have a story you know there's intrigue there's there's, you know, a spy group that's, like, trying to see if they can uh, go and, and liberate the country. There, there are other people that might come in. There's, uh, like, a serial killer. Or there are other guards that have relationships with you. Yeah. And they still have to, like, be hit, like, in, the, in that line. Like, there's a story that it's trying to tell. But because that timer's still going, you don't really realize it. You're kind of just, like shit like once you hear like the first alarm you're like oh fuck my day's running out yeah you know so the, there's a certain like there's a daily task kind of aspect to the gameplay mm -hmm. but then there's a story progression aspect to the gameplay yeah and it's really interesting there are a lot of story threads and uh in playing this game or looking some stuff up there's stuff that you can do a whole playthrough and not even really, like, interact with. Like, there's yeah. different endings and different paths that you can take. There's 20 different endings, and what I actually thought is really cool is um, this game's broken up really well, like, and it's the way that it saves. Yes, um, yeah. Because uh, when you get a fail state, it will end, um, and then you can go back to the, to the menu... Uh, and then it'll have, like, a scroll wheel of, like, here's all the days you did. Yeah. And then you can just, like, select the day and be like, I want day 13. Yeah. And there's, like, 30 days in total if you get to the end. And there are endings in between there, you know. There's ones where, you know, you sided with the rebels and ones where you just stayed loyal to the country. Um, and there's even, like, mundane. Like, my first ending I got was really mundane. It was just, yeah. like, um, I was playing the game. And I was trying to keep my head down and just do my job. I wasn't really leaning any particular way as far as the story goes mm -hmm. in terms of, like, 
who I did or didn't let in. And the ending was just like, uh, you lost money and you kind of fucked up, so you're just going to go to jail. It, it was nothing exciting, yeah. you know. Um, and that's interesting because, like, I, I playing this game, um, I have a very mundane pencil pusher job. Uh, and this feels really like it has a lot of commentary just by the nature of it being what it is. Mm -hmm. um, it kind of shows how uh, how mundane and how just lost in the shuffle these kind of jobs get, like with the way that you might act to people or just the way that you feel like you might feel entitled or mm -hmm. whatever. Um, cause you don't have, you like the actions that you do are your choices, but there are dialogue. There is dialogue that your character has like the inspector, yeah. like there are different characters that approach you like reoccurring ones. Yeah. And your, your character has like reactions of just like, you know, uh, there's a reoccurring character of like a guy who's like a smuggler, mm -hmm. uh, was, who is it? Yuri? Or you, Georgie? You're talking or about the guy who, yeah, Georgie. Yeah. Or G, J-I-O-R. Yeah. G.I. So maybe Georgi or Georgie, but this guy uh, comes in very very early, mm -hmm. uh, and he has a fake passport. It's so clear it's fake. You yeah, know, it's, it's, it's like, like he drew it. Yeah, yeah, and you're like deny, um, <laughs> and you can let him in. Um, well, at the... first he shows up with no passport. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, you're like, where, where's your passport? And he's like, I don't need one. And you're like, like this right. is the best country, right? Yeah, you can just come in. Get and out of like, here. You're like, no. Yeah. Um, and then um. And then as it goes along, like, you could accept him in. Uh, what's nice is you actually just get, like, t you you do, as you were saying, you get commission for people that you, uh, that people who are in line and make it to your line. Mm -hmm. uh, but you also uh, get demerits, citations for people that you get wrong. So that's, like, uh, the way that the game is, quote, you know, like, punishing you. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, you get two, like, free warnings uh at the beginning uh, yeah. at the beginning of every yeah. day you can uh get us uh, get those two citations and then once you start getting more it will um it will dock you i think five five credits i think five credits i don't know if it stacks if it's like five and then 10 credits and then 15 credits or i don't I think remember. it's five every time after that okay uh it's but that's interesting too because you have a certain number of citations. You have two citations you can get, get for free. So essentially, you can fuck up twice with no consequences. Yeah. But in the context of a game where you're deciding uh, whether or not to send people across the border, that can really come into play with how you play the game. If you know you get two free, uh, send them over even when they're not qualified, mm -hmm. uh, that can change your dynamic. Like You can use those to help across people yeah. that you think deserve to get across even though their papers aren't in order yeah. and back to that like the the character i mentioned before like the georgie or yuri or whatever uh like you can let him in as soon as he starts bringing his passport and you know mm -hmm. that could be like the one guy that you're like you know what he's like a your reoccurring guy and he's funny like he feels charming he's not like he's not a lot of people that i mean the crux of this job like you said it's very mundane it's very much like a nine to five job is mm -hmm. the perspective that this like a uh, border patrol um, officer has. So Yuri or Georgie, I, th I think his name is Georgie. Yeah. When he comes through, he's not like the other people. People come through and they're like, 
uh, like, here's my stuff. Or they're like, this is taking forever. Like, they're not particularly engaging. They're mundane. They're part of, like, the methodical aspect of this job. But Georgie's always like, hey, it's good to see you, buddy. Like, how's it go? Even when you reject him, he's like, oh, it's yeah. okay. I'll be back later. Yeah, the game is done in, uh, in like, ASCII art almost. Yeah, can we talk a little bit about the art? Because it's, it's really oh, interesting. I, I was just going to mention this. Because it's done in ASCII art. Uh, it's, like, really simple art. Um, and also, like, when you mentioned the, like, the way that people talk to you, it's just, it's, there's not a lot of dialogue in the game, mm -hmm. but it's, like, um, like, the story feels, like, really weighty. And yeah. Mess because uh, it's people, you just say, like, papers, please, at the beginning. Somebody will, like, hand you their papers, um, and then you'll ask them if they're, like, a foreigner, like, what are you here for? And they'll be like, you know, to visit my family, to immigrate, you know, blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Um, and then either that's the last thing that they will say to you. Uh, a lot of games nowadays, you know, a lot of games might have somebody, you know, who just keeps talking over and over and over again, because yeah. they got to have instant dialogue. I mean, we just played Psychonauts and it was like, you know, people talking all the time Yeah. because, you know, you got to fill the space with something. And this is like, it's all text, but it's just somebody like, they just say one line. They'll be like, you know, um, I came here to see my sister. And then it's like, okay. That's all the information you have. You don't mm -hmm. have, like, are they a drug dealer? Are they a rapist? Are they... Have they not seen their sister have, in 20 years? They, uh, you know, super nice. Are they a saint, right? I went to, two, like, two of the worst things. <laughs> Whatever. Drug dealers are fine. Who cares, guys? You um, don't know who these people are. Yeah, yeah, you don't know who these people are. And that's done on purpose. Um, so, you know, you just get one line, and then they don't say anything. So, like, the Georgie guy is, like, really really standout-ish because he's one of the only people who just has a bajillion lines he probably yeah. has the most lines in the script besides the inspector sure sure I, w I would believe that i mean if he doesn't have the most lines in the script he has the most memorable or unique lines you know yeah there's really no other character in the game like him yeah and there, but there are a couple of different characters that you inter inter interact with or that come into play with different story threads uh that's the the interesting thing about the mundane side of like what you're doing to a degree you're engaged just with like okay i need to do this job so uh, and, and you're thinking you know i need to get people through so that i can keep my family alive because if you don't keep the lights on at your apartment if you don't buy food for your family or buy the medicine when they get sick they can die and so when someone like georgie comes through you're in the middle of this mundane grind and then all of a sudden someone like interacts with you a little bit more than than just like hello here's my papers it just like stands out so much more yeah you know like you were saying the the story and the dialogue feels like it has weight to it i think that's due to a combination of this is a big situation for some people whether or not you can get across the border to another country and uh there's so much like grindy uh day-to-day -day mundane aspects to what you're doing both of those things combined with you being the decision maker really like whip you back and forth between different mental states, yeah. I think. You're just a guy and this, for other people, this is like their entire livelihood. If you have to die somebody who's, you know, coming in uh, to immigrate, it's like that could fuck up their whole thing. Whereas right. there are people who come in just to work and, you know, this was something that actually happened in real life where people had to cross from east to west germany and it was like i literally like my job's on the other side yeah like i just it and uh and world war 
2 came in and the Red Curtain came in and I didn't really have a choice. It, well, that's just how it divided my uh, my country and that's also kind of what probably happened here. Yeah, I mean, that's there's tons of real-life stories of after the Berlin Wall fell, like families could reunite and stuff like that. Yeah. So, it, yeah, this this is not... That's what I what I I was getting at when I said earlier. You don't normally see perspectives in stories or media from the the point of view of someone in such a important but mundane position. You yeah. know, like a border patrol agent. That's or excuse, like a border guard, basically. That's such a you know playing this game made me realize like there's such a cross section of humanity at this position. It's it's really clever. And really engaging and unique to set a story in this yeah. context. You can see people at their best, and you can see people at their worst, like or they, or at their most average. Or the uh, you're you're like invading on people's rights. You yeah, know? yeah. You're you're, you're um, asking people like their sex. Mm-hmm. You know, and then Which if is, it, if you don't believe them, you take a photo of them naked, basically. You know, I mean, not even basically. You you just straight up take a photo of them naked. I had nudity turned off, but I oh I because didn't. then it was easier to tell that like if the game wants me to think that someone is a woman, they had a bra on. If the nudity was turned on, I was like, are those like breasts or is that just like male? But I was like, I like the bra because it's like okay, they're conveying that's a woman. Got it. Okay, <laughs> you know, because they do have they do have uh just very dangly uh ASCII art penises oh like, i didn't even i was like oh okay i didn't even i can see tell penis. that's a penis <laughs> i've i've been around a penis or two yeah uh that's a you know the the art in this game it was a really really clever choice and you know we were talking about the game um there's no voice lines it's all can all the dialogue is conveyed via text essentially like speech bubbles in front of the characters yeah. um and i think we talked about this in our undertale episode in one of them, um, when characters talk with text, the voice that you assign to them as the player, because you're reading their dialogue, yeah, it it's it is whatever voice you have in your head. So it's a really smart way to get the player to relate or identify with the characters more, because they're essentially giving them their own voice because they have to read it in text, you know. Like I, I and also there's so many uh, lines in this game that are repeated. When you, if it would have been a voice line coming every single time you yeah. said papers, please, or something, it would have grinded on the player a lot, I think. Um, so for those two decisions, like efficiency of play and uh, giving the player more uh, room for their imagination to take over, I think that was a really smart way to do this this presentation with this, mm-hmm. this dialogue. And not only that, but the graphics too, they're so limited intentionally. Um, I said earlier it looks like a DOS game. Well, how did you describe it? I said ASCII. I think that's wrong because I think that's how uh, Oberdin is done. Okay. Which is like uh, like individual pi- uh, uh, pinpoints, like oh, pixels. That, yeah, I think that for, is how Oberdin... For yeah. uh, how that game's done, but it's also 3D. Right. Um, and this game's 2D. This one's, I guess, more 8-bit. Yeah, it's intentionally retro, whatever the style. It's emulating an old video game, you know, like one from the 80s. And because it's like that, there's not really any character, elaborate character animations, you know. Basically, all the animation in the game is heads, images of heads moving. If a character is walking off screen, 
they don't turn and walk. Yeah. It's just like the same shot, and it's it's the same image of them just sliding off screen. I actually think the UI is is incredibly brilliant. the uh, The left side of the screen is the outside of the booth, mm-hmm. and it's people in a big long line. Mm-hmm. So you see the line, and you're like, "Oh shit!" Like that's really long, yeah. and you never get through it. Like it's not possible. No matter how fast you go, the line doesn't dissipate. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh. Then there's your booth. Uh, and then you got like your desk, uh, and you know on your bot like the bottom half of the of that um, uh, of the line, you got like you know you got your papers, like your your files and whatnot, and you could hang stuff up like uh, uh, you know uh, behind people when they come into your booth, mm-hmm. like on the wall. If you're like, I got this sporting flyer or sporting. What is it? A, a fan, like a, a, a banner. A banner. Yeah, it's like uh, a team banner. You get like a sport. banner at some point. You can get like a drawing drawn by your child if you like get him his crayon set that he wants. Yeah, you can get like a family photo later in the game. Oh, I never got that. Uh, I, the uh, drawing of the child is funny because not funny, but uh, it's sad. Yeah, you. So you buy this box of crayon crayons for your kid. Your kid draws you a picture, mm-hmm. and then the game says, "Like, do you want to hang this in your uh, little workstation or and the wall across from yeah. it?" And you go, "Yeah, I want to see my. That makes me happy." And then an inspector comes up to talk to you about something else, but he's immediately like, "What is this? No personal items. I'm docking your pay by ten credits today or whatever." And it's like, ugh, like yeah, it I just had, beats you down. I had played this game before, so I knew about like I can only you have an inspector come in, and if you do really well, like. Um, I was playing it for a while where I was like, all right, I'll reset the day if I get a citation. Mm. So uh, I did like for the first two inspections, I got no citations. So he comes in and he's like, this place fucking sucks. It <laughs> smells like shit. And I hate it. And you see him like uh, the the other part of the uh, screen, um, like the other part of the top half of the screen is the right side of uh, of like behind the border. And you and there are like guards at the very back of it mm-hmm. who are like posted by the roadside, uh, and like the inspector's car like drives up, like in like the muddy, rainy, like shitty side of the road. <laughs> right. Um, and he takes like the long walk. You have to watch him like what you can't even open the booth. You have to like watch him like walk up to you. Yep. You know, uh, and it's like it's really cool. Like I I like. That, like, you know, you get to see, like, people actually, like, walk across mm-hmm. um, and, like, make it to the other side. And it's, like, sometimes they're, like, their characters, like, I think it's the the one guard's wife uh, or girlfriend or whatever. And if she gets let through, she'll, like, go and, like, hug the Yeah, other guard. dude, so there's this guard like, oh. that you, you kind of make friends with this guard. And he's, like, hey, let my, my old friend uh, through the border. I think the guard's name is, like, Sergei. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, when, like, like you said, when you do... And you're presented with the dilemma of like I could reject her, I could send her. Her papers back. are not right. Yeah, yeah. Are they automa- the, A lot of the these ones are scripted. Like a lot mm-hmm. of the like big characters, like hers, yes. are always going to be yes uh, wrong. The mm-hmm. the game is uh, a lot of procedurally generated characters, mm-hmm. so which is really nice because you know nobody's ever going to be having the same experience except for on these set story. Points. Yeah, there's story beats. Yeah. Um, and there's like an endless mode that you can unlock, so you can. Just be like, I want to just keep checking people's papers. I just find it interesting yeah. to do this task. Um, um, but yeah, this one was really cute. She crosses the border and she hugs this guard that you're friends with. And the because the presentation is so minimal and you're seeing it like from a distance, essentially, yeah. it's just really sweet. Like it's a really human kind of moment. Uh, and I think, you know, talking about the graphics of this game uh, and 
how they're intentionally like limited, that also leaves room for you, the player, to assign your own emotions to them. Yeah, and like moments like that can be punctuated mm-hmm. with like huge swells of emotion because at the same time with that character, uh, she got into the border for me, and then there are uh, they're labeled terrorist attacks. Very, very, like, uh, uh, intentionally. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, you know, there's a lot of tensions that flare at, at the signs of these border... Uh, at the points of these border borders. Because, you know, obviously you're dealing with people's livelihoods. Mm-hmm. So these places often be- uh, become symbols of, you know, the oppression that uh, either side might be facing. Right. Um, so people will, like throw bombs they'll like jump the fence mm-hmm. uh they'll still suicide bomb yeah there there are people who like will drive up on motorcycles and then mm-hmm. try to like gun down the guards yeah. um the first time that woman came over uh i was like all right well at some point they they go uh you get a bulletin that says hey we're pulling the guards it costs too much uh here's a gun it has yeah. three only three for the day, tranquilizer rounds. Uh, if you get the, if you kill the guards, because I don't think you can die unless they set a bomb. Um, I don't know. Because uh, uh, I had some of them drive off sure. uh, or run off, um, and uh, if they, if you miss like all three of those shots, it's like you're done. You can't fire anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, when somebody crosses the border or like a terrorist comes in, you have to then take a key unlock the gun uh and the, it's not like that gun's always available yeah it, it only comes up when the alarm sounds mm-hmm. so you know you take the key you put it into the into the lock you get out your gun and you're like all right i gotta i gotta aim uh at these uh at this person who's attacking someone and for for me when uh sergu's girlfriend came in uh he got blown the fuck up no way really yep Oh, by her? No, by just a random terrorist. Oh my at god! The end of the day. Like he got hugged. I was like, "Great, okay." Uh, I know a terrorist comes at the end of this day, so I better be prepared. I missed all my fucking shots, <laughs> and then he died. And I was like, "Oh my god!" Looks like I'm starting over today because yeah. this is the most depressing thing ever. This is a big fucking bummer. Well, <laughs> yeah. It's it's even interesting the way that. There's 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 a really strong sense of moral ambiguity with this game. Yeah. It's weird to say there's a strong sense of ambiguity, but the game is very dynamic with presenting these issues. It's not like this is always right and this is always wrong. You know, like people come to the border and their documents aren't in order and you tell them because uh, as the player you have the uh, the ability to talk to them. And you tell them, like, you don't have this document that you need for me to approve your crossing. Yeah. And they say, I'm sorry, but I haven't seen my son in six years. Can you please just let me through? So you are like, oh, like, fuck. (laughs) Like, I'm just trying to do my job. And if I let you through, it's going to cost me money and my son's going to die or my uncle's going to die because they're sick. But, like, I can't, like, just say no. Like, So it's really tough. Like, essentially, the game is testing you the player at what point do you sacrifice uh like your responsibilities for your ethics like it's kind of asking you where your personal lines are with uh job versus you know morality 
versus like situation by situation. Like it's, it's essentially presenting you with a ton of different quandaries, like moral quandaries and of what do I do in the middle of a gear turning, uh, you know, normal average job that you're just trying to do, which also has stakes to it too. Cause you need to provide for your family, you know? Yeah. So it's a really, it's, it's like a morality uh, test game basically it's, a, it's an incredibly interesting like historical fiction game yeah that's a really good way to look at it historical fiction for sure yeah it's interesting there's so many games that we've played just in this podcast but in life in general too that present you with like moral choices we've talked about um whether or not to uh harvest the little sisters in bioshock as like a week such moral a fucking choice. dumb choice yeah and everyone kind of agrees with that yeah but there's a lot of games that have choices like that of like here's a character i just met do you spare them or do you let them like do you let them die and it's like i don't really have any investment in this and but the game's like this is such a hard choice yeah but with this game it's actually a hard choice because it's because it is so grounded in reality it's it's not any it's not trying to be fancy it just puts it in front of you like it's nothing and you have to be like oh fuck what do i do and you're timed yeah i mean like a lot of decisions like you play mass effect and it'll be like here's the rachni do you want to genocide them and you can wait and you're like all right let me just sit there and the game can remain unpaused and you can just like be like all right uh I guess I'll walk away and go make a sandwich <laughs> while I think about whether or not I want to make sure that this race of aliens go extinct. Right. Hmm. I, you know... And this game is like, no, uh, do you want to decide whether or not... that? Like, there later on there's a character, and he's like, hey, uh, you saw the wanted posters this morning, right? And you're like, yeah. He's like, uh, so this dude... Look at this photo of my daughter that he murdered. Oh my god! Uh, and he's like, "All right, um, uh, you're gonna you're gonna let him through because he's gonna pay. Because <laughs> with the with the most wanted people, you you check the poster and then you match it up to you know uh, their ID or their face, and you'll be mm -hmm. like, that dude's wanted. And then you have a button that comes up that says detain, mm -hmm. and you can have them arrested." Um, and it's very clear because, like, uh, that Georgie guy, uh, eventually he reveals he's smuggling drugs. Yeah. And you can arrest him over and over and over again. And he keeps coming back. <laughs> oh, like, really? He, yeah. He'll be like, he'll be like, I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and you're like, uh, and then I noticed it's, <laughs> it's like, you have a scale so you can see, like, how much he weighs. And, and you're like, Georgie, it, I, I could fucking, I know that you're carrying drugs. And then you do, and he's like, Oh, you're not gonna like this. So you, you know, you you take a photograph of him and see that he's like hiding drugs on his leg, and then you're he's like, and then I hit like the detain button again, and he's like, ah, back again. It's okay. You're doing your job. It's good. I'm gonna have a quick talk with the guards. It was expensive last time to get out of it. It'll probably be expensive again. Uh, you know, I'm not envious of your job. I'm gonna keep selling drugs because. Your job fucking sucks. <laughs> All right. Uh, See ya. I'll be back. He's like, who the fuck is this and guy? The, but anyway, that's like how stuff with detaining people goes. Usually it's just like uh, the detaining is just like, they'll be like, wait, what's happening? And then a guard will come up and they'll be like, move. And then, you mm -hmm. know, they walk away. Some people, they'll be like, I'm not leaving. And then they get like conked on they the head butted, and dragged, yeah. away, dragged away. It's brutal. Um, and you're like, fuck. Um, but with that guy, you know, he's like, let this guy in. And with me, I was like, 
I was playing like with uh, a like I'm gonna be loyal to Aristotska, mm-hmm. so uh, I just I like I detained him, uh, and he came back and he was like he's like, what did you do to this guy? Did you let him through? And I was like, uh, no, I detained him, and he's like, well, now my little girl isn't gonna get uh, isn't gonna get justice, and then he's like. And he gave you like the photograph of oh his little girl, God. so you had it on your Remember desk. This. And then he, and then he's like, he's like, give me the photo of my daughter back. Oh. <laughs> and then you have to give it back to him, and he just walks away. And I'm like, Jesus, it's so brutal. Mm-hmm. It's it's so unflinching. Yeah, and I don't even know. Like, he might not even be telling the truth. Who, yeah, who knows? You, I think, yeah, you because don't know. That's the thing about like the most wanted criminals is like, even to you don't know what they're wanted for. It mm-hmm. says serial killer but there's also shit in the game like it'll be like hey this journalist came through and the journalist will be like hey can i get through i got this press badge and, and you'll be like that's not a valid identification and, mm. you know you need these different things and then they'll be like well but but uh, i'm i'm a journalist like let come on mm-hmm. and you're like no go get out of here so like they don't want journalists you know they they like you have no idea how many how many of these people's papers are just fake yeah, I will, it, it never. It, that's like a moral quandary that never comes up either. They established that uh, document forgeries are out there, and yeah. I think they even say like some technology or some like official seal records, whatever was stolen. At some point, yeah, they yeah. get some some uh, forger, some document. What you said, document yeah. creation was technology was stolen and so. so you as far as you know and i was thinking about that when i would let through like really normal people just mm-hmm. like this could be totally fake but they check every box yeah. that i need them to check so i just send them through there's and no there's, way to tell and there's stuff where like you know you spelled this name it's it's ryan mm-hmm. but you know your name is spelled r-y-a-n but you know they made a typo and it's spelled r-i-a-n right and it's like it might just literally be a typo yeah. Right. And, and people will be like, uh, there was a mistake. And it's like, you, you, sometimes you have the d- detain button come up and it's like, are they lying? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, even just suspicious stuff happens where, uh, people will need their passport and then one other form of identification an entry permit or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they hand you their passport and you're like, where's your entry permit? Cause you're, Oh, you don't have your entry permit. I'm going to deny you. But then you say, where's your entry permit? And they're like, oh, sorry, I have it right here. And they pull it out. And they're not, like, doing anything wrong. And everything seems to be in order. But it just, it's, like, rubs you the wrong way. Where you're like, why didn't you have it ready? Like, that's, that just is suspicious, you know? But it's weird because, like, I work customer service on a help desk for a corporation. And, like, that's just how people are when Mm -hmm. they come into a job. Like, you, you know, you, you ask them, like, hey can I get your email address? And they'll be like, yeah. And then you'll be like, well, why didn't you have like, you know, uh, or, uh, not email address. Let me do this. Uh, you at, you answer the phone for somebody. You're like, hi, you know, thanks for calling general electric. Uh, and then somebody is like, uh, hi, I have uh, a problem with, but you're like, okay, what's your name? I need your details. And be like, Oh, I'm sorry. And it's like, okay, these, like, to you, this is like, well, you're supposed to have X, Y, and Z, idiot. Yeah. Why don't you have X, Y, and Z? They're not thinking. And they're like, well, I just need help. Like, I'm supposed to be doing this thing, you know? And it's, it's interesting the way 
Um, I, I think any game that makes you start a conversation with yourself is engaging you in a in a really fulfilling way. And you have a lot of conversations with yourself when you're working these kinds of jobs or you're in these kinds of situations. Yeah. Um, it's also, you know, there are instances too where people will come through the border and uh, there was one particular character that was like, I hate Arstotska. I did this place is a shithole. I'm going to get in and get out. I don't, you know, fuck this place. But her papers are in order. Like, you could, if you wanted to, like, if you wanted to play this way, you could deny her because you're like, I'm faithful to Arstotska or whatever. Uh, but there's no reason to. Uh, and, and you really, there's not any abnormal punishment for doing that. Yeah, what, what's actually interesting is you can figure out the, like, the trick to, like, feeding your family and mm. keeping them uh, warm very early. Just alternate days. Oh, okay. It's just, uh, they get fed one day, they get heat the other. Yeah. That's the way that you automatically make it so that you can, so that you never have to worry about it. Sorry for breaking the magic. But, <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, that is like the the way that you can be like, all right, well, I, I like, I figured out that piece of the puzzle so I can get to like the ending that I want. I mean, that's any game is yeah. their games. They have limited assets. The magic yeah. gets broken eventually. But it, it is cool being like, okay, when you think about it as like, a morality play of like mm. shit now my wife's sick like yeah. what do i do the first time you played this game did you play it more as like i want to fulfill these tasks tasks and get to the end or were you more playing with like the humanity angle the morality play angle? i was playing under like the the humanity like mm. angle because eventually uh we haven't talked about like the secret like rebellion um it's pretty soon like when you get into the game there's like a hooded figure that keeps coming yeah. up to you and he's got like a weird like kind of sun symbol he's like, a weird eye on like on his, his eye. face yeah. yeah you can't tell if it's a mask or if it's just like a stylized presentation yeah uh but it's yeah it, he looks cool <laughs> yeah he looks creepy too. or they i mean you don't know their, their yeah that's true we don't know anything about them and what's cool about those interactions is that character will come up and just like hand you a note and then you read the note and it says, read it and pass it back really quick. Like, we're the rebellion. Do this task for us. Blah, blah, blah. And you hand it back and they just walk away. And yeah. it's it's super... It's just, like, very real mm -hmm. how someone shady would operate. Yeah, it'll, it'll be like, here's poison. Yeah. Poison this guy in line because uh, they plan to come into the... Into Aristotelska, and we're trying to free the people, mm -hmm. and uh, you should do this. It's an assassin. Otherwise, uh, you know, people for the rebellion will die. And what's I was going to bring this up earlier when we were talking about the morality play. At that part, uh, when you poison that person that the rebellion tells you to poison, uh, they die shortly after they walk away. But then, like a guard goes to check on them, and then the guard gets poisoned and died. So. It's never cut and dry of like, this was the right thing to do. It's like, yeah. even though you did something that you thought was for a good cause, someone innocent essentially still died. Yeah. So that I, I love that aspect of this game where it's it's just not ever straightforward. Like, yeah. eventually looking at situations, I was like, okay, I know what I want to do here, but this could go very wrong. Yeah. So I'm afraid of the consequences of doing this. There's a guy who eventually like is uh, is like a guy in red and like the the rebellion agent hands you like a new key and you have a tranquilizer rifle, but this one he's like he's like here use this one. Uh and he's like uh 
you have to shoot this guy in red because uh, he's going to compromise us in one uh, in one way. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, you will get caught, but your family will get taken care of. Mm-hmm. So, you know. That's like the ultimate it. choice, yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, in order to get, like, the ending where, quote, the country is saved or, you know, liberated, like, you have to just not kill him. Yeah. But you can get one of the endings there to just be like, all right, well, I guess for the, for the glory of new Aristotska. Well, you know what? I looked up the endings to this game. Whether you completely follow the regime that you're working under or you help mm-hmm. the rebellion, there's not really like a big satisfying, no. like it's it's kind of just like, okay, you did that and then the country continued on or whatever. Like it's it's not very bombastic. Yeah, I mean, I find it more like the 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 stuff with the um, the rebellion feels more interesting mm-hmm. because they're extra puzzles. Essentially, the game is kind of like a puzzle game. Um, so you know, you're using like uh, cryptographic like fucking code pieces to try to un 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 excuse me, <laughs> to try to uh, interpret their, like, letters to you. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's... That's more fun. More fun than just, I'm checking to make sure this guy has uh, this stamp. Yeah. Stamp. Did did you... I mean, I was very engaged with this game, but I could definitely see someone saying it's boring. Oh, it. I feel like that's done on purpose. I think Lucas Pope even said, like... yeah. He wanted this game to be mundane as shit. Well, I mean, that definitely... I agree, it seems on purpose, and if Lucas Pope said that, obviously that's the case. But it it was a really smart choice, because it's boring, uh, and then all of a sudden you're thrust into these moral quandaries. So, like, the boring stuff makes the interesting stuff more interesting and more engaging. So it's a really clever way to do that. Um, do Do you think that the core gameplay is like off camera essentially we were talking about it and you described it as kind of like anti-fun and i just like what what do you think about the game is is like anti-fun because i i kind of agree that it's not like fun in the same way that playing a mario game is fun or like playing bioshock or you know uh, any any game this game is is more so engaging than i think it is fun you know what i mean yeah i i wouldn't call this game fun per se because it can kind of just feel like work i still think that it's probably more fun than you know most bad games out there Mm -hmm. but it's it's still like eventually when you get to the latter half there's so much shit that's piled on where pretty soon you're like Checking to make sure that people don't have the, uh, the people have the polio vaccine. You're checking to make sure that they have, you know, this access pass in order. And it's just like, okay, I can't keep fucking checking these. And, and like, oh, you missed this, this, uh, you missed this misspelling of their name. You right. missed th- this, uh, the fact that on their papers they were uh label is male and they mm-hmm. clearly looked like a female you know right. and it's just like jesus christ i can't pay attention to all these different things near the end of that game yeah um and i think it like that's done on purpose yeah because like you, you just you start getting fed up with it i think 
Um, and, uh, I don't know. I think that like goes into it trying to be like, not fun. Like, I think that there is a purpose to the game of just trying to teach you like, you know, this, uh, here is what it's like to be like a pencil pusher. Here's what it's like to have like these people's lives in your hands. And then also just here's how this job is boring and mm -hmm. how like middle managers are are or supervisors are always gonna crack down on you for the most mundane shit you know yeah you know it's it's interesting you mentioned bad games i, I think a bad game that's not fun is, is usually bad because it feels like the game is unintentionally frustrating you but I think this game, everything it does is intentional, yeah. and the frustration is is even intentional. The ways in which you're stressed, or the ways in which you don't want to make these tough decisions, is all intentional. So it is like very uh, mentally uh, perplexing. You know, it's it's just a game that you can assign a lot of emotion and meaning to. And uh, no, I I love what you said too about middle management. I was thinking that when I was playing this game. There's not a lot of games where you're like in the middle. Games often dip into power fantasy territory mm -hmm. or, you know, uh, to subvert the power fantasy, you're like a super weak character or you're playing some kind of super weak person that has to work their way up or whatever. But it's interesting. This game takes place where you have people above you uh, shitting on you and you have people uh, underneath you, technically, people that you have power over that are also criticizing you. And there's not a lot of games that I can think of where you are in that middle management kind of role. I feel like this is the first of its kind because there were a lot of games that followed that were similar to this. Um, even like the Lucas Pope's follow-up game, like Return of the Oprah Den, is about uncovering how people died. And it's fantastical, yeah. but it's like you are a part of uh, essentially the... Uh, government still mm -hmm. and trying to figure out or you're with uh, you're not with the government you're with the East India Company trying to figure out how people died and how in the, the ways that the, these people died how do you assign how they their families should be compensated yeah for their passing whereas you know this game is also like very like mundane it's also fantastical in that you know eventually a resistance group starts to be uncovered mm -hmm. but you know well it's 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 like it takes these mundane situations both uh return from the overden which i haven't beaten but i've played uh and papers please they they take these sort of mundane tasks and inject as much humanity into them as possible you know this papers please is really very you know boring like the the premise of it doesn't sound engaging and fun but when you insert it with every emotion that you can, when you squeeze every drop of humanity that could possibly come out of someone being uh, a border uh, patrol agent or, you know, a, a border inspector, you can get a lot of humanity out of that. Like, it, it's so interesting that the stakes that come with stamping yes or no on somebody's paper, you know, it's 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 just such a really clever filter to apply to something that seems so boring you yeah. know have you um uh because i guess since you're we're talking about emotion were you watching i think i i sent you the the music video somebody made but did 
You watched like the the like short film as well that somebody made? No, I saw that someone had made a short, like a ten minute short film of it, but I didn't get a chance to watch it. it. Did you? Quote officially licensed. Really? Because Lucas Pope uh, gave his blessing on it. That's awesome. And it, it is Russian. Uh, it's, oh, cool. It's uh, made by a couple Russian filmmakers. Um, I think there are a couple, um, and then uh, a bunch of Russian actors are in it. Wow. I mean, that's uh, and it's I, good. Dude, I'd recommend it. It's 10 minutes. You can even watch it even if you haven't played the game and you're listening to this and you're like, this sounds interesting. Um, go watch the short film. Go watch the... Uh, or There's a one-hour demo of this about. So you could just buy that because it's like... The game is 10 bucks, and if you're like, I don't want to fucking push papers for... Games play, like what? Play the free demo. Three to five hours, I would say. Uh, I, I think I played through it through like one and a half times maybe two times overall because i circled back a little bit uh and yeah like a solid three hours just to blast through it to get some kind of ending five hours if you want to take a little more time and go through multiple playthroughs yeah um because there is you know that's interesting there's there's kind of a learning curve mm -hmm. where you have to get used to the unique presentation you have to get used to exactly what it is you're doing in the context of it um, but to the game's credit, I think they pace it out really well. Do you think it's intuitive? Absolutely, I do. I think, I was actually thinking, um, I played this game on my iPad. Um, really? So, yeah, my layout was vertical instead of horizontal. So the mm. line of people was above my screen. Um, but I think it's so intuitive that I was I was thinking about like recommending it to my dad because it's so simple and straightforward. Do you think uh, he would enjoy it? Because I know your dad. Yeah. And I feel like he would be like, what is this? I think it would be, I think the story stuff might confuse my dad, but the concept of what you're supposed to do, I think is very easy to grasp. And he, my dad is a very technically minded person. Mm. Uh, one time I was on a, this is a tangent, but one time I was on a plane with him and he was like bored. So he was bugging me. And I was like, dad, like, leave me alone. And he was like, what do I do? And I, I, he had an iPad, and I was like, you have games on your iPad? He was like, I don't know, I don't play games. And I pulled out a game called Flight Control, and it's a game where you just, uh, you touch your iPad screen, and you touch a plane, and then you direct it to a landing strip. Uh, helicopters go to one particular landing strip, planes go to one, jets go to another, and you have to make sure they don't crash into each other. So you're drawing lines for them to go to different things. And he literally played that for the rest of the flight, did not say another word, he played that game every day for probably a year. And at one point I was talking to him and he was like, yeah, I get like 700 on flight control, like 700 points. <laughs> and me, someone who had played it like relatively regularly, I could get like 50. So he was like invested in this fucking game. <laughs> and with Papers, Please, it's a similar situation where uh, you look and you take in the information and you touch the screen and you go, this is right, this is wrong, do this, do that, file this. It's like a filing game almost, uh, which is what Flight Control was. Are there upgrades on the iPad version? Because I played it on a PC, and eventually you get upgrades that'll be like, uh, if you press the space bar, that'll open up the uh, the like discrepancy scanner. Mm -hmm. If you press tab, it'll open up your um, it'll open up your stamps. If you double click on a uh, image, uh, you know it will. Make it so that that will open up the discrepancy scanner as well. You know there there are upgrades, uh, and I did buy booth upgrades, but I don't mm -hmm. recall if it ever told me like you can do this now. Um, 
I, I'm pretty sure I just like had, I mean, the, the scanner is pretty easy to open regardless. So that's uh, what I was curious about. Cause on the, on the PC, you got to move your mouse everywhere, but on the, uh, on the iPad, I'm like, it's probably just super fucking intuitive because you can just tap everything. It's very intuitive. Whereas yeah. The, the mouse, it's like, I got to drag shit over here. All right. I got to put mm-hmm. it. And like that becomes a part of the annoyance. So like the keyboard shortcuts that you unlock, because mm-hmm. uh, you have to pay up for like five bucks for them. True. It becomes, you know, Oh, okay. Like, these become useful. I can just hit the space bar and open right. this up. That's great. Instead of going, dragging my, and I have to click the right area. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't remember. The short answer is I don't remember if those had a big role in the iPad version. But like you said, it's it's really intuitive. So I, yeah. I honestly, I think, and not only is it really intuitive, but the graphic style is uh, intentionally retro. So anyone who has any context for games, even if you haven't played a game since 1988, you can pick up what's going on. It's not hitting you with a ton of stimulation like a lot of modern games tend to do. You know, if you play Halo or like a, for any FPS popular game or Overwatch or whatever, there's a ton of shit on screen. And every time I play those kinds of games with anyone, you know, who was born after 1970... They always say, what am I looking at? What do I do? What am I supposed to be paying attention to? Well, with this game, it's very clear. Here's what you're looking at. Here's the rules of what you're doing. Here's what you're supposed to pay attention to. Uh, and it's just touchscreen controls or mouse controls. So I, I think anyone could really pick up this game and play it. And honestly, um, other than like the violence and the nudity, um, it's, it's not really like inaccessible. I, I think anyone... Probably like fourteen or fifteen and older would be would be fine to play this game. You know, who would uh, you said you recommend it to your to your dad? Is there anyone else you would recommend play the game? Um, if you like short games with engaging stories, I would say this is a game worth playing. If you like, if you're a person who really loves like coding or uh, scanning through a ton of information. If you're like a bookworm, you might like this game a lot because it has those, it sort of works your brain in that way. Uh, If you're someone who enjoys puzzles or like organization, if you're a task manager, that's also someone who I think would like this game. Um, I don't know, who who do you think this game is like really, really, would be good for? Who would you recommend it to? Uh, Same thing. I'd probably recommend it to like people who are like, bookish and and but also people who who really like you know historical game they're not even historical games because there aren't very many of them um but just like historical stuff in general historical fantasy even yeah um because this is very much trying to be um during the uh cold war so yeah well, and you know what? I, I think that's part of why I would recommend it to my dad, too, because a lot of uh, dads or dad-aged people or baby boomer-aged people, whatever, uh, they are into history as far as I've seen. And maybe someone of that era remembers like when the Iron Curtain fell. So it's kind of interesting to go back and play a game about that time that you lived through, you know? Yeah, do you think that this game would ever be like... Um be can, i could see this game almost being like one of those oscar games like if the oscars was ever like oh my god it's video games i could see them being like oh my gosh this 
yeah. was made by one person yeah and like a few other people who worked on like the language but otherwise it's like one guy yeah and he made a game about being a border inspector agent <laughs> like oh my gosh that's it's, so admirable it's so modern yet so timeless you know yeah. i could see the awards darling oscar campaign of this game absolutely yeah but i think it is warranted like this is a really well-made game with a lot of really smart presentational choices one thing that i think was totally genius about this game that I think changes the dynamic of the whole game and really is like a microcosm of what's happening is uh, before every single person steps up to your booth, what do you see? Yourself walking to work. When you say next person coming up, what, what visuals are coming through? The person walking to the booth. Right, and what do they look like? Before you see their face. They're just like a blob. They're like a black shadow. So you see this shadow walk in front of you, which is inherently, I think scary it's it's intimidating and then a person steps forward and then when they leave the person moves back into the shadow to step out of your booth and i think that's sort of the feeling that the game is trying to evoke in a nutshell stranger and then you see the person and then stranger again like coming and going with with anxiety i think that's a really like i, I was thinking why am i nervous when i was playing this game i was like why am i nervous every time someone steps up to the booth and it's because they're in shadow first because there's a reveal of who they are and that that was that's such a smart presentational decision because if they just slid in where there was no depth to their movement or anything it would just be like here's the next unit but the fact that it's like a reveal the fact that there's some sort of like presentation and emotion behind it i think it adds a lot it's such a simple decision that adds a lot to the game God, I wish we did video for this, but that would have been too much for me yeah. to do. Well, you know, if you play the game, the person's in shadow, and then they're not in shadow. I mean, all the more reason for someone to pick up the game so they can pick, see what we're talking about. Yeah. Would it's... you just generally, not to anyone specifically, would you recommend that people play this game? I would recommend that people generally play this game. Yeah, I would agree. Because it's, uh, it's pretty cheap. Again, there's a demo for it. It's like 10 bucks. Otherwise, you play Wait, the, the demo and you're like, oh... I hate it. The Don't demos, the demos free. The demos right? free. Yeah. yeah, so you can play the free demo, and if you like it, you spend ten bucks. Yeah, yeah. This game, it just it feels like it got a lot of reactions out of people. It's got a bunch of let's plays. I think even I I was looking up YouTube videos of it, and Super Mega played it like three months ago. Yeah, yeah, relatively. Like, oh, shit. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. So it's and it's a ten year old game. Yeah, you know it's it's crazy. Uh, and also, that's the retro style helps it be timeless. When you try to emulate a, a retro style, it's always going to be uh, retro no matter what, even from the day where it's released. So that's a really another yeah. really clever thing to make it uh, persist. Yeah, and you can play it like a like comedy because you can be like, "Oh, I'm going to be this bumbling idiot," or "I'm going to be yeah. this you know this jerk" or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, the funny, you know, I had a sequence in the game where. The, the like serial killer in the in the newspaper it was like he's wanted for murder and then he stepped to the booth and I was like okay detained and then literally the next guy in line his face looked exactly the same <laughs> and it was a different name and I was like okay and I like yeah. checked to see if it was a discrepancy and it was like no discrepancy there's no correlation between these people's faces and I was yeah. like 
Are you sure? <laughs> There's a little bit of correlation. There, you know, it's... Uh, what was the other funny thing that you told me you had happen? I don't remember. Oh, no, it was some guy came up, and he didn't look like his phone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You said, like, he gained weight or something. <laughs> there was something where, like... So, uh, when you, you know, you'll have to check people's faces against their IDs, and their IDs could be fake or real based on your records because you check fingerprints. Mm-hmm. Um, and this person's ID, they, like, had it, and they were, like, balding, and they looked like shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, uh, I, I'm i like, all right, well, I got discrepancy. Like, what what a, uh, oh, your ID looks different. And they were like, the times have been hard. And I'm like, you look fucking good. What do you mean the times have been hard? Yeah. <laughs> your hair grew back? You're taller? Yeah. Like, what do you, what? You, you're, you fucking grew to six foot five, and, and you're, like, you're handsome now, but the times got hard. For the times were so hard, they changed your physical appearance to be better. Like, that's there's a lot of fun stuff with this game. Because it's procedurally generated. A yeah. Lot of times. Well, that's even fun. like you and I were talking about, um, you look at someone's ID and it expires tomorrow, so they just barely made it in, and you look at him, you go like, "You just made it, motherfucker." <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> it's just funny the way this game like makes you talk to yourself. Yeah. You'll, you, know, you, you 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 gotta have a little bit of fun with it because sometimes then you'll get somebody who's like, "Please, I haven't seen my children in three weeks," and you're like, "Fucking Christ, man!" Well, that's how where you can be funny, be like, "Denied, yeah. fuck you," and then you get a demerit for it. And you're like, "Shit, yeah." There's so many uh, fucking moments in this when I was playing this when I was like, I was I was like, "Okay, that's fine," and then the demerit comes in. And I'm like, "What the fuck did I miss?" And it's like invalid weight or like. A different name, and I I go back and replay the day, and it's like one letter different or some stupid thing like that. Yeah, and you're like, okay, great. I can't believe I didn't fucking see yeah. that. So, but yeah, fun game, really good game. I would definitely recommend it. Um, I think. Oh, I I just wanted to say real quick, the audio of this game relaxed me a lot. Clicking through papers, cool. the audio of this game is is really good. Like just the shuffling of like like. <laughs> Yeah, like as as you just like, I love the way the stamp sounds. Oh yeah, it's so satisfying, so fucking satisfying. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you get the you get to the point where this is how bureaucratic this fucking country is, where they go like, people are complaining that we're not giving them a good reason for being denied. So whenever you deny someone, make sure you stamp the reason stamp. <laughs> um, and the reason stamp isn't like a different stamp. Like at first I thought when I first played, I was like, fuck, you mean to tell me I have to go and get like a stamp for like, your name was different for every your sex was reason. Yeah. And I was going to be like, fuck, but no, it's the same stamp. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, they say in the game that there's, there's a piece of paper that gets printed out as you're talking to the, the person that you're inspecting. Mm-hmm. And it is a quote of your conversation, like word for word. Yeah. So the they say in the game that the rejection stamp, the reason for the rejection stamp, uh, it pulls from the computer. So I think the explanation they give is like the text is on the stamp, so it infers what the discrepancy was when you stamped. I don't know. Something. I always figured it was just like a thing that said like you need to have A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. Right. And if you don't have those things, that's why we. It's some corporate gobbledygook, or in this case, 
government gobbledygook where they're just like, fuck it. Like, there's your reason. Like, don't worry about it. I'm curious, uh, speaking of corporate and government, uh, do you have, like, a favorite ending or an ending that you tried to go for? Because you had played this before this recording. Did, was there an ending where you're like, I want to get this ending? No, because I wanted to see the one at the very end that you get on day, like, 31 if you get to the very end and you haven't, like, uh, done any of the tasks for any of the, um, the, like, rebels or anything. So I just made it to there, and that was an ordeal. Because <laughs> it's really long. It's, like, 30 days. So, you know, um... But I, I had done, like, a couple of the other endings before. Uh, I had done, like, the full Rebellion one. Um, and, uh, I think I just did ones where, like, you, um, where your family, like, ends up, like, dying. I've done ones where, like, you know, there's one where, like, the guy, cut, like, the, the big chiefy, like, dude who looks like the fucking, uh, guy who gets his face melted off in fucking Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he comes in and he's like, you don't have any bad, like, uh, contraband or whatever from suspicious individuals. And if you, like, give him, like, the, the rebels, like, uh, note. Right. Uh, it'll be like, alright, come with me. And you get arrested. <laughs> you just lose instantaneously and wow. there's an achievement for it that says, like, too honest <laughs> you're like he's like do you have anything that you want to say to me and you're like yep here you go he's like thank you fuck you yeah, it's like come with me sir man that's it's like i didn't fucking do anything yeah. i gave you the thing the, the first ending i got i was arrested just for like being incompetent like i wasn't good enough yeah if you're if you're everybody in your family dies it'll be like a good aristotle citizen is able to keep up a family and a home and an apartment so uh, you're done. Bye. Yeah. yeah. I don't even think everyone in my family died. I think I just, like, got too many citations or something. And, uh... You but, just, like, you're a fucking moron. Yeah, I don't... I It was, like, just at the end of the day, I think the inspector guy was, like, uh... You just fuck you. Come with me. And I was, like, what did I do? Uh, but <laughs> then I was, like, okay, got an ending. I circled back and I was, like, I'm gonna prove everyone. Like, I'm just gonna send everyone through. And I was just sending everyone through. And I think I made it, like two days and they were like uh we don't have room for delinquents or whatever and they arrested me again so i was like oh i'm gonna go back and do it again and deny everyone like i just want to see what happens if i go to the extremes and it was the same thing they're like we don't have room for delinquency and they arrested me again so it's like the game wants you to engage in a meaningful way you can't just like go through the motions of it which or, yeah. or like you can't jerk around but there's like fun stuff like you can get blown up by a bomb yeah how is that when the guy just like he's like fuck Aristotle and he puts a bomb on your counter yeah. and the guard comes up he's like this bomb looks like shit yeah, and it's like <laughs> counting down like it's gonna blow up He's like, this fucking moron. Yeah, God I, damn it. I think we're make the fucking bomb right. Dude, when that Idiot. happened, I think I was like, oh my God. Like, oh my God. What do I do? And the, the guard's just like shitting on the bomb design. Like, uh, what? Uh. He's like, just fucking cut the wires in the order. You fucking label them idiot. Yeah. And they do it. He's like, ugh. I just, I'll just fucking sell the parts and give you a cut. It's fine. Right. It's like, what the fuck? It's like, I, I almost died. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's, uh, this game has a lot of replayability. Like, dude, I really, uh, we, we don't have unlimited time to prepare for this podcast recording, mm -hmm. but if I had been playing this game, like, in my leisure, I would have definitely gone back and seen the difference between every single decision that you make. I want to know what happens 
when you catch the athlete on the run or when you let the athlete mm. on the run go. Or I didn't even notice that guy. You didn't get the athlete? I don't remember him. Oh, well, there was some like sports athlete where they were like, this athlete was detained and his passport was taken and he comes through. And he's like, hey, if you let me through, I'll give you this banner or something. Oh, I totally... I think I let that guy through. Oh, really? I think so. Oh, I denied him because his papers were off. But I, wanna... I think his were correct for me. Oh, I don't, I don't know. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I want to go back and see those key moments and how I can do them differently and yeah. what the options are. Well, that's that's papers, please. That's papers. Go watch Mega64's uh, thing on it. It's really funny, too. Oh, now I can watch that. Cool. Yeah. Derek really likes this game, so... This is a really good game. This is a Derek game. Um, you know, this is from the same generation of indie games as Undertale. Yeah, it was the uh, the indie, the indie boom of the uh, of the end of the PS3 Xbox 360 era. Yeah, it's just these short, not short, but simple, condensed. You can pick them up and play them. Yeah. Indie games with a lot of emotional. They weight. had a. It became easier to publish things on Steam. This was uh, when Steam Greenlight was a thing. Before it was like, hey, stream uh, streamlight. Steam uh, won't let everything onto the platform because they want to have some integrity. Um, so uh, you know, you you have to get green lighted. You have to you have to get enough likes. If if people if enough people like this game uh, and want it to be on the platform, we'll consider putting you on the platform. And this game got green lighted in like a day. Oh wow! Yeah, is it different now with Steam? Oh uh, no! The, I think the like the good word of mouth from like the demo and like people streaming the demo and stuff mm. um, got uh, it to go up. But wait, um, if I wanted to get a game on Steam now, is it the same system? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> you can just fucking self-publish. It's fine. Okay, I was going to say now you just pay them like a hundred bucks and you you're on. The irony of Papers Please needing to get the approval mm -hmm. before moving into new territory. That's, and that's the irony funny. of, of, uh, now everybody just gets let in no matter fucking what as long as yeah. they drive steam. There was a significant border when Papers, Please was being published, but now the border is gone. How meta. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so what are we playing on the next episode? In the next episode, uh, we're going to play, uh, another classic. I don't know if it's classic. The game Grow Home. Another indie game, right? Yeah. That'll well, be fun. is it indie? Because it's published by Ubisoft. Oh, that's not... Well, I mean, it could be... Is it? If it's published by Ubisoft, that just means they paid to put it out there, right? Look up, the, look up the, the like, E3 presentation for, like, Grow Home and, uh, like, Valiant Hearts and Child of Light. That was mm -hmm. their big, like, we're doing small games, guys. We're Ubisoft. We don't always do Assassin's Creed. <laughs> yeah, that's a We're lot doing has, art games. A lot has changed. Uh, and then they did like three of each of those. And they're like, we're done. <laughs> I think there's another Valiant Hearts coming out. What other than that? Well, it's an interesting business model. If you're a big video game company, why don't you publish a small game that was probably made for a small budget and just, hey, your game would normally reach an audience of 10,000. We have an audience of 5 million. Let's publish it for you. And we'll both make a big payday. You know, like, I, that's you? a good business I mean, model. Sometimes games don't sell at all. Right, that's true. I mean, you're always risking it, but it's like, I'm going to put a $10 million marketing campaign behind a $1 million movie. And it's like, 
if the $10 million campaign pays off, then $10 million worth of marketing for this movie will hopefully make back the $1 million budget. I don't know. Now we're getting into logistics of business and shit, and that's boring. But Grow Home, that's not going to be boring. Is it? I don't know. Maybe you should play it and find out. Can we say what game we're going to play after Grow Home? No, that's a secret known only to us. Okay, tune into the Grow Home epi- Grown Home episode if you want to hear what we're going to play mm-hmm. after the Grow Home episode. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe on our YouTube page. We don't have a www.homestarrunner.net. Yeah, the, it's it's dot com. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Twitter's gonna be on fire tomorrow because they're taking away verification. So I don't. Even, I'm gonna I'm gonna date this episode. I don't even. <laughs> so I don't keep up with that shit. Don't fucking follow us on Twitter or do <laughs> uh, at uh, podcast underscore pixels. You should write into our email though that I haven't read in like a month. Oh, I well, let's let's read that next time on the podcast. I don't know. Maybe somebody should write into us. If somebody wrote into us and I didn't read it this week, I I don't know. <laughs> well, definitely this month. I mean, if someone wrote into us, we'll read it on the next episode. Yeah, for sure. Uh, at the garbage at the dumpster dot com. <laughs> no, uh, at uh, at infinite pixels podcast at gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. And that's that. That's that's that. We don't have anything we're working on except for the podcast. So fuck you. Enjoy the rest of your month and the week. <laughs>